Welcome to the Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub podcast. AGS is a leading provider of agronomy services, exclusive products, and unrivaled customer support. Underpinned by a well-qualified and experienced team of former sports turf managers. AGS. Supply. Consult. Support. Good afternoon and welcome to this new edition of the AGS Turf Hub podcast. I'm delighted to say I'm here at last with Lee Evans, head groundsman of the Principality Stadium. Hi Pete, how are you? You alright? Very good. Uh, interesting morning this morning. Alarm goes off and it's minus five. <laughs> uh, welcome to this wonderful Welsh window that we're having. Well, we're okay here. You know, we've got um, the understall heating on. I've got my electric rigs on the pitch. And you know, I've been here nearly nearly 20 years now. And I've only ever had one frost in all those 20 years. I think the stadium is so steep and high that the frost very rarely settles in here. So I'm quite fortunate on that count. Like, I was due to be soil sampling uh, some <laughs> golf courses today and instead watching golf balls bounce above people's heads, which was, which was good fun. Um, but again, you know, thank you for uh, agreeing to do this uh, podcast. Yeah, no problem. I know we've spoken many a time about eventually sitting down to do this and um, with the Six Nations coming up, thank you for finding time to do this and delighted that you're here. Yeah, no, I look forward to it. Yep. So let me start by saying Gareth Bale has just <laughs> retired from football with one of the best CVs of awards that he's won. So let me just run you by some of the things that you've been head groundsman for in the stadium. And please correct me if I'm wrong yeah, on no, any no. of these because... Yeah. Uh, it's a long list. So let's start. Obviously, this is the home of the Welsh Rugby Union. Correct. Um, by my tally, and I think you've been host to 17 Six Nations Championships. He's nodding. So that's yeah, a good, yeah, that's yeah. A good, that's I don't, good start. I, I don't know if it's 17 or 18. 2004, I started. So, so 2005 was my first Six Nations. Like, And what okay. are we? This one is 2023 coming. So 18, 17, 18, yeah, correct. Okay, then. so can you be responsible for three Grand Slams, sorry, two Grand Slams no, and one championship? No, four Grand Slams, <laughs> right? I did, I was fortunate enough, right, to be here in 2005, where Wales yeah. won the Grand Slam for the first time in 27 years, right? And that, I know we'll, we'll talk about this later, but that was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Well, um, you, you, you can imagine my parents are massive rugby fans, and so am I. Um, but no, we went on to Wales went on to win the Grand Slam 2008, 2012, 2019. So I've overseen four Grand Slam wins here. Ireland have won a Grand Slam here as well. Uh, so it's not just Wales. So no, I'd be, be very fortunate if we see some high profile games here. Can I just say then, right? We've got Gatlin's Gate. Yes. Come through. Surely we need Lee Evans's, <laughs> Lee Evans's door. Can we oh, have that Lee Evans's door? Uh, Ev- Evans mower. This is the best way to uh, So that, you know, I'm not going to go into all the detail around um, all the different uh, finals we have here, no. judgment days, all the different yeah. things that, that, that yeah. generally tear the pitch up towards the end of the season. So if we have a look at, yes, that's the home of the Welsh Rugby Union. You've had three Rugby League Magic Weekends. Yes, I forgot about them, yeah. Two Challenge Cup finals, Rugby League. Yes, yes. See, I've, seen, I'm, yes. See, I've done I my forgot, re- I forgot about my Rugby League. <laughs> I've done my researches. Yeah. You had the Rugby League World Cup opening ceremony. Yeah, yes, that was random. We had the opening ceremony, but no games. Oh, so we didn't have the two games? No. Flipping Wikipedia. I need a no, word no, that, there, there was. We did an opening ceremony, but we had no games from that World Cup. They only did the opening ceremony. We've had Rugby League games, but yeah. not World Cup games. Okay. That's a random fact. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. Uh, next fact. we looking at my list. Four Heineken Cup finals. Correct. Yes. So they are, they are magic Back events on. as well. Atmosphere and then superb. Three World Cup quarterfinals. Yeah, well, listen, I, I the only World Cups I oversaw were 2007 and 2015. Yep. So, um, 1999 was the other time we had World Cup games here. But that, that was a final that year as well. Yes. Right? So, 2007, we had five games. Yep. One of which was a quarter final, which would have been New Zealand, France, which again was one of the best games rugby I've seen, where New Zealand were overwhelming favourites and France pipped them, didn't they? Dodgy forward pass, or I think so. <laughs> and then 2015, um, which was the English World Cup, we had eight games, which is well bonkers when you think about it. And I think Twickenham only had nine, but Jim, correct me on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'd be fortunate to obviously 13 World Cup games. Wow, 
Right, the next one, what have I got here? So we're still on, uh, no, we're moving now to three charity shields or community shields, yes. I think they're known as. Yes, yes. Obviously that was when the, when the um, uh, new Wembley Stadium was being Correct. built. Yes. Uh, we've got four League Cup finals. Yes. Nine playoff finals. Yes, but yeah, correct. It times more by three. Yeah. Uh, we've got three FA Cup finals. Correct. And as a Man United fan, I was fortunate enough to see Man United in two of them. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> they beat Millwall in one and they lost to Arsenal in the third one. They did. Do you know, I was betting on how long it would take for Man United to come <laughs> on the podcast, but I was going to see them for, for, for a, little bit, <laughs> a little bit longer. Okay, then here's another one for you. One fact was you held the first event of the 2012 Olympic finals. Did yeah, you know correct. That? Football. Yes, I knew yep. that. Yeah, and and we were fortunate enough to have GB football team playing here. Yeah. So and I don't think well if will, will they ever play again? I don't know. So that's a, a random fact. Yeah. GB football played here. So according to my list, as well, you had two um, quarterfinal games plus the bronze yes. medal match. Yes, we did. Yeah. And, and we had ten games altogether. Men's and women's well, during, during that Olympics football. Yeah, it was, it was a full um, full schedule. And last on my list, I've got the Champions League. Oh, final. of course, yeah, the the, the, the the one to cap it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. superb. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. yeah. Do you know? Listen, I've been I've been really fortunate. You know, I've um, I say to my staff here, I think I think to progress your career, you've got to be prepared to move around. And and I I think I've put the hard yards in. You know, I started off in Swansea, lived down in Brighton for. 10, 12 years, moved up to the Midlands, all chasing work and, and progressing my career to end up here, really, back at the um, the National Stadium. <clears throat> no, I don't know about other, other ground stuff. To me, my career path was always, I wanted to work in the Premier League. Once experienced in the Premier League, I want to work in my National Stadium. And and that's what I am now. And, and I, I did toy with moving abroad years ago before I had my kids. Um, that appealed to me. I did try, I, I did send my CV to half the um, La Liga, the Spanish league clubs. <laughs> Can you speak Spanish? Well, you know, bizarrely, I started on Spanish lessons. I thought if I ever get to the stage of an interview, right, they said, Bill, uh, ask for a cup of tea and say, how much is a fee? Por favor. La cuenta, por favor. Yeah. You ask the bill. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, half, of the, half of the La Liga gave me a response back, bless them, saying, look, at the time, we didn't, didn't employ our own ground staff. We as contractors over there then. You know, I'm talking 20 by 30 years ago, mate. You know what I mean? Before people like Paul Bear just moved out there, Jonathan Calder would moved out there. It was a long, long time ago. I, I, I looked at doing it. So. so I don't regret that I never did it because um, I do think that, uh, yeah, as a proud Welshman, this is the best job to have. Known mm -hmm. as a proud Welshman, to be sat alongside you, having the opportunity to have this conversation <laughs> is, uh, is fantastic. I just want to take you back to sort of where it kind of all began. And, you know, I remember. Not that long ago, there was a somebody tweeted a picture of the old Morpher Stadium there yeah. in Swansea, and it yeah. brought back uh, memories of me when I was slimmer. I had, <laughs> we I were all slimmer then. <laughs> I yeah, but I'm, I've been sat on my ass for, for the last 16 years, and that's got to be at least half a stone for every year. <laughs> and I used to be a half tidy footballer when I was about 12. Um, yeah. But I remember seeing a picture of the, the old Morpher Stadium, and then uh, they came up on Twitter, and you commented on it. and saying that you used to work there so, yeah, so yeah. just took me right back to to sort of school days and, yeah, and what, it, yeah. what it was like as a, as a youngster and then well, listen, I, um, I grew up in a, a little town called Morriston which is um, to the west of Swansea or east of Swansea um, in my school years listen I didn't uh, try as hard as I should have I was a half decent footballer like yourself played in a very good club football team right called Kilvey uh, and my captain at the time was a chap called Andy Melville who went on to be one of the captain Wales, right? Yep. So I played with Andy from the age of twelve till I think he went to Leeds at seventeen, and we won every honour where there was to win, right? Uh, and my parents came on to me about revision about schoolwork. I said, no, 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 I'm going to be a footballer. I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to make it a footballer. Left school didn't make it a footballer, obviously, <laughs> but I didn't leave school with any 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 valid qualifications. So I thought, well, the next best thing, I can't. Um, Work, play in the industry is somehow trying to get a job in the industry okay. and I saw a job going at the old um, at the Morva Stadium the Morva Stadium people don't know is or was an athletic stadium um, with, with, with a nice centre pitch which hosted local cup finals um, Welsh league finals etc etc so it was, it was a decent playing surface 
and they were after an assistant groundsman there who just basically had to help the head groundsman. I wasn't qualified. They were interested in, in getting me qualified at that point. I was literally 16, 17. Started work there. Uh, I think I spent two or three years working there. <clears throat> Word came to us that, uh, on the pitch that they were looking to shut the venue down. It wasn't making enough money. They weren't getting enough athletic games in there. And the writing was on the wall, really. And I just met my current wife, who had just come back from um, Brighton University. And she said to me, look, if you're out of send, do you fancy moving to Brighton? And I thought, well, career prospects were zero at the time. Mm -hmm. I thought, why not? Let's, let's pack up and move to Brighton and, and just start again, sort of thing. So I moved to Brighton. So old you been, Andy? Um, 1920. So I didn't know so. Not in 1920. You were like 19 to 20 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Again, so I'll... Gail went to uni there. So she knew the area. She yeah. had she had no friends there now because everybody you know after uni everybody goes their own direction, didn't they? So we sort of packed up packed our bags and off we went. You know, moved four hours down the road to Brighton. Yeah. And I managed to get a job in a very. Um, a very nice public school called Rodine Girls School, right? Which, if anybody lives, have been to Brighton, it overlooks the cliffs. It's a stunning, it's a stunning, it's, more, it's like Hogwarts, really, yeah. for girls down there. Well, and they had, they wanted a groundsman to maintain two grass hockey pitches, right, in the winter and the summer months, two cricket squares and a running track. And they, job ever came up, I applied for it, uh, and they were keen to put me through grass school, as I call it, horticultural college, right? Yep. In the local Stamba Park. So um, oh, I loved it there. I spent I don't know, three or four years there. They put me through my qualifications, got qualified, had a good time there. It, it was, it was, I opened a mind, you know, maintaining grass hockey pitches. You don't see many grass hockey pitches anymore. No. But I wouldn't say like money was no object, but they had money, they had equipment, and you were given time to produce these lovely pitches. For these kids who are going to that school, and I'm talking, blame me, what am I, 52? 30 years ago, it was 17 grand a term to send your kids there, right? Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and, so and I, if you think they there wasn't any AstroTurf pitches, no, they used to be no. red grass, I would have thought. Yeah, yes, yeah, they, they did um, have a red grass, well, like, yeah, they had tennis courts, which was nice because I, I did a bit of cricket then, so the cricket squares, the England ladies' cricket women used to play there. So they, it was a decent standard, cricket squares as well. So. I went to like grass school, I got qualified. I had a really good mentor at the time, a chap called Derek Mann, who was, yeah, I think he lived there, lived in Brighton all his life. He was the sort of head groundsman, grounds manager of the whole facility. And um, yeah, he gave me all the um, ammunition, if you like, or the the purpose to be what I am now, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, a, you know, it's a fascinating start to, yeah. to what has been, you know, I've just read out that list of yeah, what yeah, you've yeah. gone on to achieve from so I, I, um, where, where did I go next? So I left there, then I saw a head groundsman job become available then at a school just up the road in Burgess Hill, which is probably 20 miles outside of Brighton, and they went did a grounds manager. Smaller, again, public girls school. Small facility, again, they had grass hockey pitches as well, and lacrosse pitches, and they wanted somebody to oversee the site. Um, and do a bit of hands work, hands-on work with the um, with my knowledge of grass hockey, which I did. Got that. Again, spent a couple of years down there, and I remember the the bursa at the time. We were doing a, a, our end of year one-on-one. -on -one, um, what do you call them when you have appraisal? Appraisal. Doing my end of year appraisal with him, and he said to me, um, "Where do you see yourself in five years, Lee? You know, as they do." And I said, uh, "Working in the Premier League, Richard." And he burst out laughing, right? That's just true story. Says, well, yeah, because well. I, I, I must have only been then, mid-twenties, mid three years of road, yeah, mid-twenties. And I said, what are you laughing at? He said, well, you've only just got this job. He said, <laughs> I, I said, well, you asked. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, the thing is, I guess, you know, you've, you know, you, you've, you've gone down uh, with your, your future wife. Yes. You've gone down to Brighton, yes. putting the hard yards in, the, in yes. the, the original school. Yes. You've now gone to this one, which is another stepping stone. Yes. I'm in charge now. I've qualified, yeah. Uh, so why stop there? Yeah, exactly. I'm hungry. Exactly. Exactly. And it takes me back when I'm 14, 13, 14, thinking this is what I want to do for a living. I want to play in, in, the, in, the, in the area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then what happened next, right? Furtis Hill School, um, I saw a job came up when Fulham got promoted to the Premier League. They wanted uh, their advertisers, so two ground staff, um, to add to their team to be based at Mossford Park. And we, we, we did a bit at Mossford Park and Cream Cottage. I applied for it, got one job. And a fellow called Bruce Elliott, he, um, he applied for it, got the other job. We started on the same day, actually. And uh, 
<clears throat> that was my first foray into professional sport, right? At Fulham are a fab club. They really are like a, a really nice family-run club. I enjoyed my time there, but I used to commute right from Brighton up. I, I never, that was a bit so of, your wife stayed in Brooklyn? Yeah, well, she had a job now in central London, right? <laughs> well, she's with John Prescott. Is that is that just off Oxford Street? Right? We're not doing an episode of yeah, Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, yeah, you know, come on. So we, we used to like, we used to commute up to um, <coughs> up to London, the two of us. Yeah, we did that for a few years. Mm-hmm. I think I spent eighteen months, two years at Fulham. So, so was you based at, at Craven Cottage? Or no, based at, we were based at Motspur Park. And um, at the time, uh, the head grounds were there was a chap called Frank Bohini, proper character in the industry, if people know Frank from 25, 30 years ago. Uh, and he, he had this idea of, he, he, we were, there's a team of us based at Mosper Park, but we'd all spend a bit of time at Craven Cottage. So that if it was any like sickness or leave, etc., you were competent enough to look after Craven Cottage if you were called upon. And I think we'd spend a month there at a time. Okay. And I loved it. So I loved it. My first proper... Uh, taste of stadium work, I guess, yeah. was that was that Crane College, which is a lovely stadium as well. Yeah. I think that was, uh, I think it was an old fibre sound pitch at the time. I think it's, uh, I think it was Desson or Stitch now. So yeah, I did, um, I did a couple of years there, and then um, an advert came up there for a headgrounds for Aston Villa, but it was through, it was through a contractor, it was through a, a contractor called Sports Turf, who, um, who had won the contract for it. Like mm-hmm. Sports Turf had a couple of contracts in that area. They had. <clears throat> Wolves, Tramia, and Aston Villa, overseen by the contracts manager at the time was Jonathan Calderwood. Okay. He lived in uh, in Wolves. I got the job. I was offered the job by Sports Turf uh, to look after Villa Park. So I moved to um, Goldfield. I used to basically used to look after Villa Park majority of the time on my own. Jonathan would come over every now and again to help, and vice versa. I'd go over to Wolves every now and again to help. And I spent <coughs> two or three years then. At Aston Villa, working under Jonathan, where I think really uh, I learned so much from Jonathan. He's, he's so sort of fine tuned, look at what he does. Um, this like a sponge soaking it up, really. So, yep. yeah. So, again, you know, was that just in terms of management practices or? In what in what way I think was, so. I was think he different or different to anything you'd learned before? Because obviously, you kind of had you know you were able to create your own sort of vision as you went from your different yes, schools correct, and correct. slightly different again. Yes. Once yeah. you've gone into that, obviously yeah. again it's probably no disrespect to Fulham, but probably even a more higher profile club, European yeah, and, and Cup it, winners back in the day. Yeah, but it's also what my my roles and responsibilities were. When you got when I got the villa job but far different to when I was at at Fulham. So my um, <clears throat> responsibilities were far greater. And I remember I'd started in I can't remember exactly what month, but our first game was an England International there, right? And okay. uh, Jonathan came out to help me. Was that when the new stand was built? I think it was. I think it was, right? I remember, I think it was 96. No, it'd be later than that. No, no, not later than that. It'd have been. It might have been 96. It, 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 it wasn't when the whole then got refurbished. No, it, it wasn't. Was when, yeah. It was when that new sort of stand went yeah. over the road. So I started there, and I remember Jonathan's attention to detail, right? Because obviously your, your work in practice as a, as a qualified groundsman, they, they should be very similar, but it's attention to detail and, and, and little things. And it, it was England live, first game, um, and he sort of took me under his wing a little bit and sort of pointed in the direction of, look, I've been at Wembley for X amount of years. I'm used to preparing matches for international standard. This is how they should be. And then you just take that on with them and trying to take that forward through every day, you know, when you're in charge, that sort of thing. And, and he was my first major influence, I think, in um, in sport with Jonathan. Good boy. Good oh, boy. Amazing, <clears throat> amazing. Um, again, I, I know before we, we we sat down to do this, um, you did a, a fantastic um, written article for one of our local um, newspaper, or Welsh uh, newspaper. Um, and I didn't know until I read back on this, again doing a little bit of research, that there was a potential for you to have a job at Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I went for an interview for Man City. I remember Roy interviewing me. He, he, he doesn't remember now. I know he doesn't, because it was bloody many years ago. And, uh, yeah, there, there was, uh, yeah, an offer. But um, the villa job was a little bit more money. <laughs> it's funny where I'm actually sad. I'm just looking. I can see your head, and right behind it is Manchester. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know, yeah. I know, I know. Once you get that, it is signed as well. It is signed. I have two other signed United. Yeah, yeah it did. You know what? Link your neck. 
where my career would have gone if I'd gone there instead of gone to, to Villa Park. Then. And, I, uh, and then Villa Park, then I eventually moved here to Cardiff. Um, my wife's family are from Swansea. I think she'd had enough. We'd had, we'd had Charlie, my first son. She was pregnant again. Um, and she wanted to be near her family. And she okay. said, luckily, I want to move back to Wales. Uh, so I, I, sent, I stuck a CV to you. I sent a CV to the, um, the old Millennium Stadium then. Uh, and the, the stadium manager said, look, come down for a chat. He said, um, we are looking to, uh, to make a change. Um, met him and the, yeah, he offered me the job, like you know, on uh, on a trial basis, like everything else. I suppose everything is a trial, isn't it? See if you stack up, and um, <clears throat> it didn't get advertised. It literally was wow. the CV went into the stadium at exactly the right place at exactly the right time. Wow. And they offered me the job. I, I often believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, maybe. And maybe. You know. The thing is, I get the reason. Again, it was one of my questions I was going to ask. You know, um, talk me through coming back back to Cardiff and the reasons why. But like I said, you know, baby on the way. Yeah. Home support. Yeah. Um, is is going to be key. There's a story that I got to tell you. The story. <laughs> we um, <coughs> first game here, right? Was the FA Cup final, right? Yeah. I think at the time the FA Cup was watched by two. I think it's two billion people. It was some ridiculous. It went across the world, didn't it? And um, Gail's heavily pregnant, right? She's due. Um, mid-May cup final was I think it was May the 12th something like that then right and uh, Paul started the, the old stadium man who went to me start May the 1st so we, we sort of packed house I moved down here get going for the game she's ready to give birth any day right and she, <laughs> and she tells this story where she had to drive down on her own eight and a half months pregnant right, with the cats in the back of the car and I'm preparing for a football game. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, cat. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Gail, you, you can't go give me birth now, love. I got the ethic of final. Then we got the playoffs. You you have to hold on till the end of the playoffs. And thankfully she did. Good Day girl. after the playoffs, she gave birth. Wow. <laughs> Again, everything happens. Yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just coming to, to, to a stadium like this, knowing the kind of history um, and seeing some of the, the scenarios that you had where it's, we all know it's the toughest place in the world to kind of grow grass. And yeah. you just said about the, the viewing figures for, for yeah. the FA Cup final. So everybody's eyes in the whole, around the whole world yeah. are looking at yeah. well, you know, 68 by 100. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I always felt like I could make a difference here. Like, and I, I know, I don't think, Glinda, because I remember the IOG did a, um, a conference here many years ago, and, and I remember speaking to Tony, you know, lovely Tony Horn, who was a charger, uh, about the issues that they had here. So I, I was well aware of the issues that they had here. I, I just felt that I, with my I don't know, enthusiasm, ambition, whatever it was, blind to stubbornness, that I could make a difference here, you know, and, and I could try and turn things around um, without knowing enough about it. Um, I just, that was me. I thought I could, I could turn this, this situation around here, you know. Um, and I thought nothing ventured, nothing gained. I've always been like that in my career. Unless you go for it, you're not going to know if you're going to succeed, right? Mm. So I, I knew the challenges, and I was prepared to take the risk. Yeah. And yeah, 19 years later, we're still trying to sort it out. We're, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. it, it's still the same stubborn yeah. bastard. That, yes. That, that, that yes. Is, is and, and the challenges are still the same. But listen, we have technology now. We have we have things that can help make the job a lot easier. Those days, no LinkedIn rig here for for the the previous scrum staff before me. Turf pitches that you couldn't scrum on. You, you know, reinforced turf wasn't around in those days. It was they were on to a loser, yeah. uh, and and I inherited by that myself. You know, when when I came here. You know, I, I want to touch on on a few of those things um, just in a little bit. But one thing that we've that we always tend to do within the the AGS uh, Turf podcast is a quick fire round. Yeah. So you up for a quick fire yes. round? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was going to prime you with a few, uh, <laughs> with a with a few uh, heads up. Yeah. Um, things. What am I going to ask you? But I think we all know the answer to this first one. Who's your favourite football team? Man United. Ground. Well, this is one of the best, isn't it? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I always anticipate Old Trafford being in yeah, there. <laughs> well, I, I, I do love, but this is oh, this one. Ah, do you know what? Being a punter. Um, yeah. And luckily to, to survive bits of pieces of yourself is fantastic. You know, when, when this place is rocking, oh, there's no better no, noise, there's no better atmosphere, you know. It, yeah. yeah. It, when, I think every single punter around the world, oh, goes on. have you been to Cardiff? Yeah. You know, been yeah. the Principality? Yeah. Been, do you know what? It doesn't matter what it's called. You yeah. come here, it's easy to get in and off the train. Yeah. You come to the ground, 
But then you see, you, listen, you see Spurs' stadiums out of this world, you see Real Madrid, what they're doing out of this world, so... Yeah, Austin, Game, technology, finances, yeah, takes yeah. things all. So I didn't think you were going to answer that. that way. I, mean, I, thought <laughs> Sorry, was, I thought it was going to be all traffic. <laughs> and, and we all know we need to. You know, I'm saying yeah. no more. I say no more. Okay. Uh, favorite band? Paul Weller. My hero. Yeah. And what do you like to eat? Uh, What's your go to? Right, I, I could say steak. Everybody says steak. I love a curry. Yep. Love a curry, the, the nice uh, chicken danza, chicken patty. So yeah. does the Evans household have a takeaway once a Yes, around the corner, around the corner. We we had one Sunday night after a few too many beers, ended up with a curry. Yeah, it's usually the way. Yeah. What do you have on it? One danza, one patty, half each. <laughs> <laughs> and I left, leftovers Monday night with peas and chips. <laughs> okay, so what are you drinking? I'm a real ale man, real yeah. ale I drink, Pete. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Any any particular one or? Uh, yeah, tell you my favourite is from Bristol Beer Company and it's called Independence and it's lovely. Do you know what? When we had a couple of beers at Christmas, you told me that. Yes. I'm sure the bloody remember. I, you, I think you buy a takeaway. No, only a draft. Fair enough. Where Where do you like to go on holiday? Portugal. I've been going to Portugal for the last 15, 20 years with the kids. They like to surf. I dabble. I try to have a bit of surfing. Food's great. I love fresh fish. That would be yeah. Portugal. So yeah, Portugal. God, that was easy, wasn't it? Yeah. Well then, here's one for you. Go on. Desert Island. Oh, Jesus. Three people. Who are you taking? Wow. And you're not allowed to take your wife? Paul Weller. Yep. Kylie Minogue. Oh. I don't know what I Alex Ferguson. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't know whether it was going to be Fergie or Cantona. Who's going to be? Oh, I got Cantona's a good one as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's three men, I'd, I'd take Cantona instead of Kylie. But <laughs> Kylie's for when I get bored with the boys. <laughs> 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 love that absolutely love that Do you know what? we need to add that in because that's the first time anybody's had that one <laughs> and last but not least who's your favourite sales rep Pete Holmstrom oh, yes come on I got Blanchard on it man it was getting in on that <laughs> uh, legend awesome Lee thank you very Happy? much for that good yeah good time so um, if we could just take it back to sort of the time that you came that you, that you um, came down to Cardiff yeah, um, and I know you touched earlier on about how the technologies have changed yeah. and things like that. When you first came to the stadium, yeah, what system was it on there? Because again, we, we every the whole world knows it's had seven or eight yeah. different systems yeah. and like. So what 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 was the construction? Right. And... So when when I started here, they still had the the Paladise system, which is basically um, a jigsaw piece of, I think there was something like six thousand square plastic trays. Uh, <laughs> Basically, they used to they used to turf it out out on um, an offsite area, which was obviously no shade. Then they'd cut each square up individually. Each lorry could only take sixty six trays at a time. They'd ferry them all the way in here and piece it together in situ. Now, lots of issues. A couple of issues were. You'd lose roots on in transport because there was no sides on the top of these trays, so you'd always lose roots on. Um, so levels weren't great. You had I don't know how many thousand of joins because you think one, yeah. they, these trays were one, one big jigsaw piece. Yes, these trays were one point two meters square. Now my, my first game that I played on it in that system would have been the Wales England game in two thousand and five, where Gavin Henson steps up to take a kick. It's like a bomb site around him because the pitch barely managed to survive the game, right? And he needed to kick this game to win. It's a tough kick, it's up at the touchline. And I'm praying, please don't slip, please don't slip, please don't slip. And he nails it, right? And he nails yeah. it. And I remember coming in and I said to the stadium manager, I said, we can't do it like this anymore. I said, look, just transport the pallets, the trays into the stadium, grade it in, in situ, add your root zones in situ, and turf over the top, turf in situ, you, you, you limit your joins, um, and yeah, limit your joins, you limit your risk, right? So that's what we did then. We used to turf, uh, you know, for a couple of years before lightning rigs came along. We used to turf start of the um, the season for the open series. Then the pitch used to grab. We take all the pallets out for Christmas parties. Then we turf for the start then of um, Six Nations, and then we'd re-turf then for FA Cup final. Because they wanted a pristine you know, surface and untouched. This is long before reinforced turfs. Were Re reinforced reinforced so turf. I guess around. it was just down to the weight and the, yes. the, the thickness yes. of the turf. Yes, yes. So, 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 so type yes. of the turf as well. Yes. So we 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 tried. You know, I think we tried every turf farm in in the UK, 
Uh, and I remember watching um, rugby in, I'm not sure if it was Stade de France then or Parc de France, right? And they used to do a similar thing. They used to turf their pitches, but their pitch never used to cut up as much as ours did here. And I remember flying out there to go and see them and, and talking to the, the Ed Grounds at the time. And he said, look, we use turf that's full of silt and clay. It's heavy. And he said, he was going on, it has to be at least 100 kilos per square meter, right, in weight wow. to help hold it down, right? Now, okay. when you think of it, that's a great idea, but that ain't never going to drain. No, because it's full of silt and clay, right? Now, now, better man, I got a roof. I thought, I, I thought I can give this a whirl. I'll, um, I remember speaking to uh, the guys who did a bit of drill and fill, right? And I thought, what we do is, well, I've got the weight. If I do drill and fill, I'm then putting a, a drainage channel straight to the turf, and and it, yeah, it performed far better, right? I had to control the roof. You know, if any heavy rainfall forecast, we had to make sure the roof was shut as long as I could to ensure that the mm. that the turf drained. Um, and I was, that, that worked pretty well. It, it just could not cope with scrummaging. When you think of the force of a scrum, which is a ton of pack, pushing against a ton of pack on something that is only 45, 50 mil thick, which ain't ever going to root it out there because it's too dark in yeah. the stadium. So you were just relying on the weight of the turf. So um, I, can, I can imagine your brain at the time is just thinking, well, I've got option A, B, C, D. Yeah. It, it's just constantly, constantly thinking, Yeah. What can I do to make this better? What can I do to yeah. make this better yeah. under circumstances? Yeah. You, you, and you, you, you were quickly learning on the job with, with this trial and error process, right? Because you were, a, before I did the drill and fill and, and the overseeing, I would I'd be buying turf off companies, putting it out in the stadium, laying it in the stadium bowl there. And within, blame me, within seven to 10 days, a number of rows would just start dying. They start dying in front of you. and. Um, we never got to the bottom of it. The STRI came in. I, I asked them to, to ask travel up what, what's happening, why are they dying so quickly? And it, it basically is, it's just literally the shock of you've got a, a turf farm that's grown in the outside, not an ounce of shade anywhere to be seen. Bring it in this place, which is total shade, especially when we play rugby during the winter months. And it, the shock of, of trying to survive in this stadium, it would just die off. Yeah. So what I used to do then was, drill and fill and overseed immediately. And I remember some of the turf farm managers thinking, are you mad? Why are you overseeding? There's 100% grass cover in there. And I'm thinking, because the majority of it's going to die off because it's so bloody yeah. dark here. Yeah. And then they'd be blown away by it. And you know, the only routes I ever had, when we, when we used to coral off at the end of that season, because I got it down to one, one turf a year then, because we just introduced some light thin mix. And the only root growth we used to get, right, was from my overseeding that went straight through the drill and fill and straight into the palace below. None of, the, none of the grass that was grown in that turf ever moved. All it ever did was die off. And, and I think it's, you know, what I found in my time here is you sow seed in, in, in that stadium and it survives much better than imported turf that's grown outside and brought into the stadium. It can't survive and, and you know, we've had similar struggle with the current imported turf I've got out there now. Yeah. The turf doesn't like it out there. Uh, no, I, I mean, you, at the end of the day, I said right at the start, you, you, you I've listed all of this different things you've been responsible uh, in setting up the pitch for. You've gone through so many different changes in uh, whether it just be turfs and, and different systems there. Is there anybody more experienced than trying to grow grass <laughs> in the bottom of a shed uh, effectively or, or uh, to use a better analogy, is there anybody more experienced in working different type of pitch structures different types of um, uh, finals, um, multi-different sports. Is there anybody more experienced well, than you? Listen, it's horses for courses, right? I, I know what will and won't work in, in our stadium, in my stadium, right? And, and, and that's been game for being here for so bloody long. Um, when I first came here, I didn't know it all, uh, and I still don't know it all, but I, I know pretty well what will and what won't work here. And, and generally now, with modern technologies, we are in control of our own destiny. What I'm not in control of is, like most grounds managers around the UK and the world, is is events list. Yep. And events list now are the things that scupper you. Listen, we're all multi use stadiums, we've all got to make money. But if 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 our you know partners want to bring events in that pull the rug from under your feet and take away your time, we only time, then it, the yeah. challenge comes in. Like. No, no, again, you know, I, I come across quite a few things now in golf where I think at last a lot of golf courses now are being run more as businesses uh, and the principal of the stadium and the WRU is a business in itself 100%. so it, it has to generate revenue yeah. to yeah. to be able to keep providing yeah. what, uh, what what needs to happen out on the pitch yeah. Um, yeah. 
just going back a, a stage slightly, so yeah. you're coming to, uh, I think it was maybe 2014, yeah. and the decision yeah. by the, by the I guess it was the WIO, the, yeah, the WIO I would yeah. imagine, was does the stadium become an artificial yeah. pitch? Yeah. Or yeah. does it go for a full brand new installation yeah. of a brand new desktop pitch yeah. with drainage, irrigation, yeah. under soil heating and everything like that? Yeah. Um, from my point of view, right at the time, just please, please, please make the right decision. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's have a turf pitch. I mean, how did you feel doing that process? Well, listen, I, I came from, as I said, Villa Park to here, right? Villa Park, I think, and maybe stand corrected, was the second stitch pitch in the UK, I think, behind Huddersfield, if I'm right. So I've come from a brand new stitch surface to this environment, right? Yeah. Uh, and as soon as lighting rigs came on the scene, and you knew then we were able to keep grass alive throughout the season in here, course I start banging the door then of my um, my bosses saying look we need to install a, a, a stitch pitch in here um, this will solve your issues and they were saying well yeah but what about the multi-use side of things and and I said look well maybe you need to look at having a grass season and a concert season you know um, mm-hmm. because the amount of money it costs to um, build a palletized pitch uh, it was fortunes fortunes yeah. compared to what I spend on end of season renovation now it, the the Renaissance renovation now is probably 10%, 10% easily that, yeah. of the cost they used to take to bring a pitch in and out. So it quickly paid for itself. It's just what we had to do was find the time and the money to, to build you know, a permanent permanent pitch out there. And you are right, it, you know, it, the question did come, well, why don't we have plastic? Mm-hmm. I think Cardiff Blues have gone plastic at this point, or talking about gone plastic at this point. Um, and yeah, yeah, there's very worrying times. And um, I remember, it. The team got involved actually, the, the, the fitness guys and, and the, um, the coaches, they got involved and uh, all bar one, all, I think every player said, look, we, we want to play on grass, we do not yeah. want to play on plastic surfaces. And, and that was all we wanted, you know, I, I dread to think if the team had said, yeah, we don't mind plastic, what would have happened to me really, or what would have happened to my staff, yeah. I don't know. But thankfully the team had a, a bit of input yep. and they too wanted to play on, on, a, on a grass surface. So the decision went, we finally went and got it stitched. Yeah, amazing to get brand new, yeah. all singing, all yes. dancing, 21st century yes. hybrid yes. pitch. Loads easier than a turf pitch, I can guarantee you. It's almost gone full circle now. Yeah, yeah, I know. To to a certain extent. Yeah. But you know, just just having that uh, getting pushed through, you've now got right. You know what you're dealing with. You've got you've got your your hybrid pitches in there. You know you've you can control your drainage capacity. Yeah. You've got your your tools that can uh, that that can continue to measure the under soil heating to the right levels, your pH monitors and yeah. all these different items you've got there. So technology is now playing a massive, massive part in yeah. helping you make your decisions yeah. on, a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and proud of the fact that the actual Principality Stadium is a, is a multi-use venue because not only do, do football supporters, rugby supporters and sporting uh, supporters get to see what a wonderful stadium it is, Anybody who's ever come to see a, a live concert, yeah, hundred percent. It is, yeah, it is magic. It, it's off the yeah. scale. Yeah. Um, it's an yeah. amazing city, an amazing yeah. venue. The difficulty comes probably, well, I would imagine, uh, and I'm working with you that as soon as that concert season finishes, bang, it's autumn nation yeah. series. Yeah, listen, I work closely with the events manager here, right? He, he's a good mate of mine, Alex's, and uh, he will he, he will tell me in advance what's coming and he will ask me look listen what are we capable of are you able is this enough time for you to grow a pitch and, and i'll be frank yes or no or that or, or there's a there's a maybe you know and then you talk about risks and, and where the, the, the risks impact upon on the on the play um and then so, and then so tell me your time what's what's well, listen, okay. right, for, right, for an autumn series, right, for an autumn series. And, and if we're not holding you no, down no, no, this, no, in no, case okay. anybody's listening, yeah. the boss is upstairs, this yeah. is this Yeah, no, no, they, they know, what, they know what, my what, time frame. What's your go-to? Autumn series, for me, is a very busy time, right? We have, we have four consecutive games every Saturday. Every Friday, both sides get a captain's run, which is three hours play a week. Every Thursday, the Welsh team will come in and train for an hour a week. Every Tuesday, if it's raining outside, they'll come in and train for an hour a week, right? So we get nailed in autumn series, okay? To get through an autumn series, I would want seed in the ground at the beginning of September. Okay. Now, they do push so, me back to so middle the, of September. So the, yeah, so the first game generally first is weekend. first week in November? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what, what are we talking? Eight weeks? 
Yeah, from seed in the ground. And you're talking, right. say, seven to ten days for germination, etc., etc. What percentage of natural light do you have in the stadium at that point? Well, September's pretty good. September's probably about 40% natural light. Okay, and by the 1st of October? Gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're 20%. By second week of October, gone, basically. And you're pure lights. And, and listen, I, I have... I, I, I could do with more lights. I got enough lights to make that time period work for me. Yeah. Like, okay. You know, so um, it, it depends. Like, if an event comes along that makes the stadium a lot of money, I'll, I'll offer the risk. The risk yeah. being, listen, you get stitch pitches, you, you'll get stability, you'll get playability, but you yeah. may not have aesthetics, it may not look great. Like, and then that, that's a decision I made by somebody I above me. I believe that the facts, this is how I can play. Um, this is how it'll look because after being here for so long, you can give pictures. This is what it looks like after seven weeks. This is what it looks like after six weeks. Sure. Offer that up to them, and they and they can make the calls. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And again, they, you know, I'm always a believer of the of the saying, "You can control what you control." Yeah. What you can control. You know how how have you dealt with obviously certain circumstances being beyond your control, uh, and sometimes you see some of the like media criticisms and things like that. Oh, yeah, well, listen, I can, how, do you, how do you deal with that? I can give you an example of that. We, we did boxing. It, it would have been a Joshua fight. And I can't remember how many years ago okay. it was now. And um, they wanted to cover the surface uh, for a fight. And this was two weeks before the start of the Open Series. Now, I'd drawn this picture from September. So it was, it was in good shape, the picture was. Um, and they told me, look, it'd only be covered for four to five days. Um, with serious like but it should be all right it should be all right and i've never covered a grass pitch out here before we generally do all these type of events when um, there's no vegetation and no grass this was again terraplast i guess yeah. went down which is yeah. when we, again we looked at a cushion underneath yes yeah, so i, I put soft. i put a cushion underneath of anchor mat to mm-hmm. try and protect the plant uh put the terraplast down but the, the, this is the crux now is it not only was it covered for five days they shut the roof five days out as well okay. because because they wanted to hang a lot of stuff off the roof. And I was thinking, well, no bloody bugger told me the roof should be shut for five <laughs> days. So not only is it we're in pure darkness for five days, yep. there's terraplast on top of it as well. So we, we did the event. Of course, I highlight the risks, which is what you, you're supposed to do. I said, this is worst case scenario, this is best case scenario. Uh, and of course, we pulled the covers off. Uh, and yeah, there was vegetation there but it fell off a cliff within a week, 10 days, and it yeah. disappeared. But things like compaction, I mean, it must, yeah, have, yeah, it yeah. must have, you know, yeah, you could yeah. play cricket on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we went into the Open Series, and um, the first couple of games were great, but then I lost grass cover at a rate of knots. Playability was fine, but you know, what we were getting was that some of the rugby players were getting abrasion burns on their legs sure. because of lack of grass cover, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we reviewed that, we reviewed what we did, and, and you know, we won't do that again. Yeah. You know, because you, you've got to look after the players as well. Even though playability wasn't affected, yeah. you can't have players having abrasion burns because of lack of grass cover on your pitch yeah. due to the sand content, right? Yeah. So that was one of the risks that we won't take again. Yeah, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's a move, I tell you it's a move, it's not a moving environment, but it's a, a moving time frame. No, you know, and, that, and nowadays, Pete, right, we've got reinforced turf, right? Yep. Now, that was an option then, and now yep. it is. Like, yep. you know, um, fantastic product. We, um, we've got one currently. Yeah. Uh, so, t- talk me through, just yeah. talk me through this. Obviously, we, again, we've come out of concert season. Yes. Straight into autumn series, and it was a late finishing uh, yeah. concert season. So, then, so. It, it goes like this, right? We had <laughs> WWE, we had a concert season, WWE beginning in September. I was due to get the pitch back, I think it was September the 6th. Overseed, away to go, chuffed. And that's good timing, it's good growing. Event stadium, events manager rang me and said, Luckily, we've been asked to do this event, this uh, World Supercross event, which is uh, like a motorbikes on acid on Monster Jam, right? It's a bit of a crazy event, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, but it's going to be the 8th of October, right? Which leaves me, because no time to, um, to see the pitch. And this build included 10,000 tonne of spoil on top of Terraplast, which was there was Terraplast, then there was plastic, then there was um, wooden boards, big half inch plate nice. was then 10,000 ton of spoil right uh, and literally I'm going to get that pitch back. <laughs> it's like concrete <laughs> clegging over 300 and I took those well, covers off yeah well. bonkers so the only thing we could do was reinforce turf went to market um, found a, a, an idea of turf literally we turfed the pitch within two weeks of the start of the autumn series this last yeah. year 
and uh, yeah, the turf performed as, as they did with Send the Tin. It did not move, did not budge, right? It's, it's, it's mad, it's like, you know, you think back to the, I don't want to say the olden days, no, 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 the no, no, days no. back no. to the original days when yeah. you, and you lay the turf inside here. Yes. And yeah, it, it goes backwards before it yeah, gets a chance to come forward well, or before you get the chance to see it. Well, listen, so this autumn was no different. No, and it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, it was so dense, right, that I couldn't overseed it in this time. I couldn't, yeah. right? Uh, and in fact, um, a couple of the guys, you know, at the stadiums in UK that had the same turf were saying, look, they thinned theirs out as soon as they had it, look. And I, you know, I was speaking to our contractors here laying it and, and they were chatting about that. And I said, look, I said, I've got about 30 hours of rugby around the corner. There's no need to thin it out. That'll thin it out for itself, look. Plus this environment will thin it out. And I remember they finished laying the pitch on the Friday and they said, we're going to come back on the Monday to do a bit of snagging. Fine, yeah, that, that's what you do, isn't it? And over the course of that weekend, about eight turves had died over wow. that weekend, straight away, right? And uh, our contest was, they were scratching it. Well, what's happened here? What have we done? I haven't done bugger all because I haven't been on it yet. Didn't do yeah, right we can right. always blame Rolex, it's just brave. We can't do a podcast without mentioning Rolex. So they had eight or nine turfs left, and of course they changed them and they were just scratching their heads. And I said, Look, guys, this is what happens with imported turf in here. You may have. The plastic backing which provides makes it bomb proof right yeah. but turf when you import grow it from outside and bring it into this stadium in the pitch black yeah. this is what it does it struggles and falls off a cliff yeah so got through the open series the last two games were a bit of a struggle because you know listen you you've got this turf pitch right grown outside you then harvest it which is basically cutting the legs off it cutting the roots off it yeah. then you're laying it out here yeah. and then you're subjecting it to like i think we have seven hours of rugby a week right yeah. for four weeks so that's four days a week you're playing rugby on it. Yeah. But what you've got to bear in mind then, why those four days of rugby are going on, there's no light out there. Yeah. So that, that pitch is only getting a day and a half of light a week. And right. you times that by six to seven hours of rugby. By the end of November, we'd lost eligible or a grass cover. And, and as I said to you earlier, you, you lose more grass on a turf pitch that's grown outside than you do on a seeded pitch that's seeded in a stadium. Definitely. Yeah. Seeded pitch in here fares much better than a pitch grown outside. Because of the yeah. what it's used to. Again, any grounds managers, any general public, anybody who's just taken an interest to this podcast and listened to that phrase there, is look how much light it doesn't get. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's having being able to just pass that understanding on to the the people watching TV. The yeah, yeah. Because of these stadiums, <laughs> you know, the, the worst thing ever. You know, I, I deal with a, a number of different um, football clubs. Yeah, clubs, yeah. And yeah, 4K TVs. Yeah, not like yeah. a, you know, everybody's got an opinion on a different pitch. Oh, look at that that picture. Yeah, that that they picture's do. footprint they in. Yes. Th there's nothing. Yeah. There's no way to hide. No. Um, no. I kind of love it now when they show the old, you know, FA Cup third round. Yeah. Right? FA Cup first round. Yeah. Look at the old pitches. I know. Great. It makes people feel a hell of a yeah, lot better about Well, I suppose that goes to show how, how far forward ground staff have, be, have, have good that they got. They've got really, doesn't it? You know, they've um, we've really adapted to these stadiums and these environments and. And the services that, that the, the guys are producing up and down the country are superb, and they, and let's, let's face it. Uh, no, it. It's gone next level. Yeah. You know, I think the industry has, has come so far forward in, in different technology, whether that be from type of fertilizers guys that, yeah. that can use to yeah. under soil heating yeah. to irrigation, the, 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 the lighting rigs that are available now, yeah. the information that's available now. Yeah. You know, there's, there's information on top of information on yeah. top of information. And you know, I think people are more. Look to share more now. When I first came in the industry, I, I didn't feel that now. These days, you know, I, I, if I were to pick up and have a chat with Jim or Twickenham or, or, or you know, Magella in Ireland or whoever, people are more than happy to take your call and share knowledge and share experiences, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. Whereas I didn't see that when I first started. I think we're more all for one now, aren't we? Than yeah. um, than my pitch is better than yours, sitting on you. And everybody wants to help everybody. Yeah, you, definitely. You know, if somebody wants to borrow more, somebody De yeah. wants a, a bloody pinch of feed for this. Definitely. A pinch of yeah, everybody. locally we all share uh, stuff. No, definitely. No, massively. Definitely. And again, you know, I get messages off certain people. Can you pass me so and so's number? That yeah. so you know, just a just to just to chew the fat. And again, everybody's stadium's different. Yes, um, and and that's key, you know. Listen, you 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 could plonk me in another stadium, and I, I, I might struggle for a few years. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's stadium's different. Everybody's environment's different, yeah. uh, and no one knows more than that person working in that environment or that stadium. And, yeah. and we shouldn't judge because we don't know what they're going through yeah. or what they're going. No, absolutely. And the stresses and pressures that people go through. 
So, so when you come at literally out of the, this autumn series, yeah. it's a case of right, let's let's do. A, yeah, so I, I was going to say a mini renovation. Yeah, it, it is right. No, we do do a mini renovation. You know, as soon as it was finished, we uh, we we rigged it a number of times. You know, I was keen not to lose any more grass cover than I'd originally lost. I think we'd lost probably about sixty percent grass cover. I, I'd say yep. higher in some areas, lower in other areas. So I wanted to rake it out, get rid of the um, the crap from the surface, if you like, but without losing any more grass cover because uh, I don't have a full set of like. So these. it was almost just lifting what had matted yes. into the surface. Yes. So you've got grass planters a lot. Yes. Yes. And grass planters stood up, but then you've also yeah. got what 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 is dead and yes. decayed. That's just yes. Just and, sat and on a, the and surface. a bit of algae on the surface, which you know seed doesn't like growing. So we managed to rake that out, sucked it off, got rid of it all. We dirty drained. We we procored. Overseed in two directions. We top dressed it and got some germination sheets out there. And I think we're what are we, two and a half weeks out from the Six Nations, and we're nearly there. Look, I'm, I'm pleased with progress. It's it's it turned around um, significantly to what it was in December. It's funny, you know, we, we had a meeting, I don't know, probably twelve days ago. We yeah. walked pit side, um, and I'm thinking, this got to go something to get, get, <laughs> get to, to get to where it's got to go. But again, you know, you can't buy experience. You can't buy experience. You can't by knowledge of knowing, wouldn't know your craft, but knowing the environment that's in and what you've got to, to move this forward. And, and seeing it 12 days ago, yeah, it's a case of, okay, it may not be the best pitch going into the Six Nations, but prior to doing this today, walking out there, like, okay, you can more or less go with it. So yeah. in such a short period of time, it's lifted. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, no, it has. Listen, we, we, we've worked hard, you know. I, I, as we all do this time of year, you know. What does my wife say to me? Are you have much time off over Christmas? Love, <laughs> the pitch doesn't know it's Christmas. You yeah. know, do you know what I mean? So yeah, we're in all of Christmas. I know there's no play, but blame me, we move it. Like, I only have enough lights to cover half the pitch, right? So we're in moving lights all the time, every day, every other day, to ensure that the plant has enough chance to bounce back and come back. And yeah, most of it has. Look, there's two and a half weeks to come. But we're not far away from where I need to be. Yeah. That's good. Not, you know, you go, you go through, uh, like I say, so many different emotions. But again, it, it, here always tends to be it's a, rugby's a winter sport. You've got yeah. to grow grass in the worst possible conditions. You've got to go grow grass against all odds. Sometimes you're lucky enough that yes, you can get a reinforced turf that comes in, which is coming yeah. this time. Yeah. Um, but again, that we we now know that that is dying before it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden. How many years ago was it now Champions League final here? 2017. 2017. You've got a summer football match in this stadium to prepare for. All of a sudden, everything you've probably done over previous years trying to create a winter pitch. Yes. You've got... I know. Is it, oh, is it the luck to grow I, I think, to I, draw a summer pitch? Yeah. Yes. And, and um, it's loads easier. <laughs> it's loads bloody easier. You haven't got to, Yeah, you haven't got like to mix all over the place. It... The plant naturally wants to stand up, doesn't it? It it, it bounces back. Temperatures are perfect. It, it, it is. It's <coughs> summer growth. You know, we, we always talk. You know, I wish rugby was a summer sport because it would be much easier. So you know, with um, UEFA yes. Champions League final. Yes. Right. It's it's one of the biggest shows yes. in the world behind the World Cup final. Um, yes. And probably many other many other sports, but it's a. Again, that the eyes of Europe and possibly yeah. all, all over the world is uh, is going to be watching this game. Yeah, UEFA, we deal a little bit with them, and, and yeah. uh, plenty of people that, that we know deal deal with these guys. Yeah, do they, how how involved are they in the sort of build up? Because obviously you'd have had a Six Nations. Yeah. On prior, yeah. Did you have stipulations in terms of pitch usage going into well, creating it, that pitch, or what? They, the only the only stipulation they said was. I think we couldn't play a game on it for eight weeks prior to the final. Now, bearing in mind, right, in um, in April this year, I think I've got 30-odd games. So, so like you've got 30 games in April? 30 or 38, 38 wow. games, all local finals, amateur finals, etc. But, you know, adults, right. Right, so it, it, it's it's a heavy workload. Um, they wanted us, I think the final was June the 5th, 6th, somewhere around there. So I think we had a cut-off point where they said no more finals. But we still squeezed them all in, right? Yeah. So it, it, it started for us. Obviously, we knew a few years in advance that we had it. And um, there were there were always going to be regular pitch audits carried out, yeah. okay, to see where you're at. Yeah. And a scoring system, which, you, which you're aware yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you have to reach, I think, actually five-star by, by the by yeah. tournament, tournament day, right? 
And um, I remember the first time they, they'd arranged to come, I think they contacted me and, and I said, well, well, I'm going to pitch. And they were saying, well, you should have seed in the ground by now. I said, I think we got um, Bon Jovi playing here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, but, when you, but should he be seeded in July like everybody else is seeded in July? No, no, we're bang in the middle of concert season. Oh, but we've scheduled a visit. I said, oh, no, no, forget that. I yeah. Come back in September time when we put seed in the ground. So then, of course, they come back yeah. in September expecting a pitch to be two months in. Yeah. And that's blowing their minds for a start. So it, it took them yeah. many visits before they got to grips with yeah. what we were doing. Again, that's, that's your way for sort of stipulating, do you know what? Yeah. They, would, they would literally have a, yes. a roll call of like, yeah, you've got to hit yeah. all these different yeah. scenarios. Yeah. And, and this is what makes this stadium more unique than yeah. anything else is everybody loves it. Everybody wants to have yeah. a concert here. Everybody wants to see a concert here. Yeah. And then you've got to have the showpiece sport and yes. events here at the, yeah. at the same time. I remember them coming in December, right, for one of their annual visits. And uh, we just had an autumn series, which it, it's battered after an autumn series. The yeah. level of play, and I talked about earlier, lack of light, etc. Et Live brown cover would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> actually, perhaps you don't want to score this, I said, right? I said, just trust me. You're don't right. Yeah, 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 you don't want to score like, grass cover. Just, just trust me. Just, just... Uh, yeah. Far bit off or something, uh, and then they came back after six six nations. But as soon as March hits, right, and the weather improves and the sun starts to come back yeah. on the pitch, they could see it coming back then. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, we had I think we had twenty or finals prior to cut off, and then it was a race against time then to get it yeah. ready for 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 June. And uh, yeah, so again with heights and cut and things like obviously being football, well, they, they, they give football, me, uh, they give me parameters, right? I think they were saying you know they they give us you know where they wanted hardest levels to be fine between X and Y, yep. where they wanted to hide the cut, and I think they wanted to hide the cut between 21 and 27. And going into the final, it, it was bang on. And I, I remember saying to the UEFA, I, like, I can drop this another mil or two if you want, let's just see how it goes. Yep. And we got down to 19 mil, right? And it was, wow. it was lovely, it, it, was, it was like carpet. a carpet, and, yeah. and they were chuffed with it. We had good feedback from, from the players when they came to have their, like, their hours run on it the night before the final. But it, you know, it's a it's a funny one that the Champions League final, right? It's uh, it, it takes over your life the whole year because the pressure that these guys are putting on you, yeah. you, you do start doubting yourself a little bit, right? <laughs> don't you? With, do, right? with all those years' experience yeah, as well, you it's do, like you, you've yeah, been through you've yeah. been through all these different scars, you and all because, of a sudden you've got this. Because they're saying to you, "Are you sure this is going to come back?" And you're thinking, "Yeah." And then you're thinking, "Am I?" <laughs> <laughs> you said the same thing about twenty <laughs> minutes ago. Exactly. Um, but, and then the, the the week of the final, right? Which is definitely the hardest week in my life. Do you know I moved house to Sunday after the Champions League final? Not only was I trying to pack a house. Right? <laughs> True story. Yeah. Um, the Champions League final comes with the opening ceremony, right? Which they don't even bloody show on TV anymore. Yeah. And I'm, even, I'm not even sure if they showed hours on TV anymore, right? So you've got the not only the world's press moving in around the stadium, setting up all their pitch side bloody interview pods for three hours every night from Monday to the Saturday at game time they went to rehearse okay and the rehearsal consisted of 150 soldiers right who ran onto the pitch covered the pitch in this fancy blank tarpaulin right problem with the stadium only one way in and one way out so all 150 run into the same spot and they carry this giant stage into the center circle right which weighed a ton okay then you've got 150 dancers dancing on the pitch, right? And then you've got the band on the on the live on the stage, rehearsing, singing, right? Uh, Black Eyed Peas, fantastic. They good yeah. They were fantastic, right? I got a feeling. Yeah, they did that every night of the freaking week. Every <laughs> night of the freaking week. I was leaving you at 12, 1 in the morning, getting back for seven, right? But you know, after a couple of nights, <coughs> the the stage was in the shape of the Champions League star, right? Well, it, it just left a mark, didn't it, right? And we were hand brushing it. And if you look in the file, you can see it. I couldn't get rid of it. We were hand brushing it back, everything. But also, I was clegging now, right? And bear in mind, right, I've, I'm going to test it by the way for how good is your pitch. Yeah. I think the last test is, is match day, right, yeah. in, the, in the morning. If it's fucked, then there's nothing to do about it, right? But anyway, that's what he decided to do the last day of the test, right? Yeah. But I'm clegging it now after these rehearsals. And where they're doing all their heavy weight, it's pushed it way above 110. Right? On, yeah. On, on, yeah. And they told me it's got to be between, I think it was 65, 85, right? Yeah. So, um, all right, next morning, I pro-co in these areas, got it back, okay? Yeah. But of course now... So you're having a pro-co? Well, you have to, because it was too hard. 
Otherwise, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have passed the five star rating for Match yeah. Day Morning, right? Yeah. So then I bring to them, right? Okay, I can get past this. Mm. The this opening ceremony literally happens before kickoff, right? So then I say to you, wait, I say, you know what's going to happen here now, don't you? I ain't broken before kickoff because I look like a knob yeah. and there's no time, right? <laughs> so parts of that pitch yeah. are now going to be hard, too hard for your, for, for, what, for your readings. What yeah. your recommendations yeah. are. Yeah. Lee, the show must go on. Yeah. That's all I said. I said, so all, all this year then, yeah. the show must go on. They think of yeah. bollocks, really. No, I, I, I get it. Um, you know, I, came, I, was, I remember chatting to you just uh, probably around about seven to ten days out, yeah. and it was looking like the roof was going to be closed. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we knew it was going to be shut. They just kept it from from us. Yeah, shit. It, it's, shit. it's almost like you know, again, when the roof gets closed. Yeah. As you were telling me, everything kind of just dims down it and does. goes almost not not a yellow field, but it's almost like it, an it amber does, sheen. It, 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 you're right. It does. It, it's it's like the pitch reflects the lights, mm. uh, and it yeah when you shine like. Um, like a white light on the green grass, it, it, it does make it appear yellowy. It does, yeah. and, and oh, I remember tried, it, oh, We tried to make six, seven yeah. different, oh, no, just uh, everybody's like, uh, like uh, how can we make it I know. Like, even greener than what it I know. already is? Listen, we, I've tried every product on market for, for donkey's ears <laughs> here, knowing roof's gonna be shut, and it always yeah. it does the same thing. Um, yeah, and, and I, yeah, I was disappointed. So, so I mean, I mean, it's funny, I, I, you know, I, I was going to say, well, was, you know, was your biggest achievement having the Champions League final and things like that? Um, one, I guess, it, it must have been an amazing achievement. 100%, professionally, yeah. yeah, it is definitely the highlight uh, of my career. There, you know, there are including the stress people. levels, including the... the yeah, yeah, because when you look bending back... Bending over backwards, effectively. Yes, to, yes, when you look back on it, you look back on it fondly. God, it was tough. Um, all the hoops you had to jump through yeah. at the time. But the game went off superbly well. It was an excellent game yeah. of football. You know, Real Madrid beat Juventus 4-1. So um, who actually saw Ronaldo? Right, so this, this is how important the bloody opening ceremony was, right? Is both sides are warming up and they wouldn't come off. The opening ceremony had to start at exactly the right time to the second. UEFA couldn't get the teams off, right? So they come to me and say, Lee, turn the sprinklers on. I said, I can't, they're warming up. No, we need to get them off, turn the sprinklers on. I said, look, they come up eight bar, right? And there's, you know, there's four one half, four on the other half. And I have no way of knowing until they come up and they're live, which way they're pointing. I said, I'll put, I'll put a member of staff on each sprinkler. When they come up, if they're aiming at somebody, I'll get him to turn it, right? So my assistant at the time was a chap called Craig Campbell, uh, who's not here now. This is the picture I've seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had, he had gone to the stand by the um, the sprinkler, right? And now, no, he just wanted to go and stand by Ronaldo. But no, no, they, 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 he's not a football fan, he's a rugby fan, Craig. He didn't give a shit about Ronaldo, to be fair. Right? <laughs> okay, that's not milking that one. So he, he goes and stands by his, I give everybody a spot stand there, and Ronaldo just happens to run by, that he's doing his warm-up or, or whatever, and, and says to Craig, he said, Craig, he said, fellas, whatever, this surface is phenomenal well done good job good job within a second he's turned around to run back sprinklers come up live and hit him full in the chest now listen now a yard high and hits him in the face he's up to it isn't he you know, oh, he's gonna know yeah, it, yeah yeah he's, he's good uh, yeah, yeah 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 they went off mine but uh, yeah <laughs> of course the sun picked up on that picture didn't they and we had a bit of shit about it but i was told to do it yeah. the way told me get it up get him off no amazing but yeah, yeah. great and experience so listen loved it uh and then the next day i moved house yeah, <laughs> so it was all forgotten. I, I well, left, maybe not all forgotten. I, I left here at. So what I, was more stressful? Because I've moved out. Oh, and yeah, it's, definitely and moving it's, out. I left here at, I think it was quarter to 12 that night uh, with a match ball. I had one of the match balls in my sleeve, right? Went home, all my staff here, UEFA threw an all night party for them, like for everybody who worked the event. They threw it, and, they, and they were great. All, all the, you know, the grief they give us in, in the week leading up to it, they threw a great party for all the staff. I never be at a whale of a time, like, no, except me. Fantastic, at <laughs> least uh, you know this is you know you've, you've you've given us an hour of your time. It's it's absolutely you know much much appreciated. Cool. Going back to that list right back at the start of all the different um, yeah. events you've uh, uh, that you've been in charge of yeah. effectively. Has there been any moments? It, it could be more than one that stand out. Whether it's a funny moment. Uh, a sad moment one of the highlights of my time here is playing football here for wales veterans against northern island veterans i Brilliant. guess i played here middle <laughs> park center midfield engine room it's <laughs> big space out there as well yeah it, 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 they were all right then I, I would have been 47 48 when i played that game like we won as well yeah yeah, yeah that's the highlight of my career playing yeah. here 
even better, home or away dressing rooms? Home. Yeah, no, we were home. We had, we had the Welsh kit on. Home. Yeah, it was good. Good. Anything next for you? For you? you know? Listen, I, I want to just continue trying to improve the place. Look, I, I want to try and you know, continue raising standards. Um, and yeah, listen, I, I, I'm 53, you know, and I'll try and see out my time here if I can, if they'll keep me. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Hey, at the end of the day, with a CV, like everybody's going to be trying to pinch you anyway. <laughs> um, Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure um, spending uh, this afternoon with you. Thanks very much. No, no, I've enjoyed it, Pete. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. For more information, visit advancedgrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at advancedgrass. I'd have a coffee after that, Jesus. <laughs>